Kia ora and welcome to the Kaka. This is my daily podcast that I put out with a daily email newsletter for paying subscribers via Substack. I'm Bernard Hickey. Today is our second daily, daily podcast of the day because I'm just out of the lockup in the Beehive for the government's emissions reduction plan. This is a big set piece with the first set of government responses to the Climate Change Commission's recommendations on how to get to net zero by 2050. This is a bit like our special carbon and climate budget version of the budget. We're going to get the budget itself on Thursday. So today we find out really for the first time how committed the government is to achieving its climate emissions reductions targets and not just the ones which are relatively easy in the carbon zero uh, um, legislation but also the tougher ones which are the nationally determined contributions that we have to provide to ensure that our climate doesn't warm much more than 1.5 degrees. So what has the government said? Well uh, we got some big numbers today, or what seem to be big numbers, $2.9 billion to be spent over four years on various measures to reduce emissions from transport, from industrial use and from agriculture. Now that $2.9 billion sounds a lot, but actually when you look at how much is being spent over the next two years, in theory we should be you know, front-loading everything to try and deal with the climate emergency, how much is spent over the next two years, it's more like $1.15 billion out of that $2.9 billion over four years. And actually, the government has $4.5 billion to spend. Now, it's worth just sort of stepping back and working out how much money the government has to play with in addressing the climate, or, or importantly, how much it's chosen to have to play with when it's addressing the climate. Back in December, the government announced the creation of a Climate Emergency Response Fund of $4.5 billion and almost immediately said it was going to spend, or at least allocated, $840 million of that for what it called international climate finance measures. Now that essentially means buying carbon credits on, the, on international markets, by the way, which aren't actually in existence yet, and that money certainly hasn't been spent yet although it has been allocated and is described as spent. So it hasn't actually been spent. And remember, two-thirds of our efforts to meet our international obligations under the Paris Agreement is not coming from reducing our own emissions, it's coming <laughs> buying credits from other countries, which is, of course, the politically easier way to do it. And that is still very much up in the air. And how that is done is really in the hands of our climate diplomats. Uh, and uh, they're going to be talking to lots of um, countries, particularly in the Pacific and Asia region, to look at how to uh, um, you cr create credits and that, uh, transfer them to us, let alone achieve their own needs. So right there is a, an example of where what appears to be a big chunk of money being spent immediately isn't actually being spent and doesn't actually have any effect on our actual emissions right now. So let's look at the other measures that have been announced today. The one you'll probably see the headlines on is a so-called cash for clunkers scheme. 
which isn't actually uh, cash. Uh, and the clunkers, in theory, are high emissions vehicles. And the idea is that low-income households would hand over their um, Isuzu Bighorn and in return get some sort of low emissions vehicle in return. So an electric car or maybe a hybrid, something like that. However, when you look closely at it, it's not that much money, not many cars and not very soon. So there's been $36 million allocated for this scheme over the next two years, and then it really ramps up towards $600 million in years three and year four. But so far, the only thing that's been committed to is a trial for up to 2,500 vehicles. And you've got to remember that we have four and a half million vehicles in New Zealand, so fewer clunkers in exchange for electric vehicles over the next two years is really performative and doesn't actually make that much difference and doesn't really help a lot of those families who are paying significant chunks of their income now out in emissions trading scheme taxes, effectively. And that was one of the other interesting bits that came out today is that Treasury has increased the amount it expects to get from the emissions trading scheme. Remember that pot of money from the emissions trading scheme is what the government will use to spend on emissions reductions measures. By that amount is actually going to increase by $800 million over the four years. And that's because the carbon price has increased since the Treasury last did its numbers. And so 36, sorry, $32 million or so on cash for clunkers, which isn't that much. And when you look at how much the government is actually spending on shifting people from their cars into cycling and walking and buses and trains, hardly anything there directly there either. Uh, Waka Kotahi, NZTA, has been awarded um, $373 million over the next two years for what is vaguely described as measures to reduce vehicle kilometres travelled. It doesn't necessarily say which projects will be funded to uh, you know, change over roads to cycleways or build new cycleways. Those are politically really tough decisions and none of them have been made here. And that's one of the themes of today's announcement. Lots of big numbers, um, an apparent achievement of the target, but uh, very few actual real decisions that are politically meaningful, i.e. that could be painful and maybe would lose votes, and certainly um, not an emergency response which involves the government throwing everything it has at it. So just the overall picture here, $4.5 billion in that Climate Emergency Response Fund Actually, only 2.9 billion of it has been allocated in this first emissions re reduction plan. So there's 1.6 billion that's missing. And secondly, most of that is backloaded in the second part of uh, the four-year period, with just the 1.17 billion in those first two years. And when you look more closely, you can see, A, not a lot of it is going to encourage people into electric cars or off out of cars and into buses and walking and cycling. Actually, a lot of it has gone to the agriculture sector. And remember, the emissions trading scheme is money that comes from petrol and diesel taxes, but the agriculture <laughs> sector is not in the scheme, so it doesn't actually contribute. However, it's getting more than a third of the money that's been spent in the last couple of years through a big new push into research and development, into uh, um, technology to reduce emissions. 
and uh, also a lot of money is being spent to help the likes of Fonterra and others shift away from the coal boilers that they have at the moment used to dry milk. And that is um, one of the big weaknesses here and the unfairnesses of it are that the people who didn't contribute anything to the emissions trading scheme are getting back nearly 30% in the first couple of years of the money that was contributed to the scheme in form of subsidies and various other help. Uh, we also don't have a decision actually on how the agricultural sector will join the emissions trading scheme, which is supposed to from the beginning of 2025. There's been a debate involving farmers and iwi various others through the Waka Ekanoa um, partnership. And the plan is to try and find a solution which means that there isn't a um, farm gate emissions pricing scheme, which is very complicated, or a more blunt instrument of a factory emissions pricing scheme. So that's uh, the tough political nettle that has yet to be grasped. And uh, when you look at other uh, spending in the first couple of years, it isn't necessarily in the, in the area of reducing emissions dramatically. Now, the government says that the, this plan actually gets them to the um, targets set forth by the Climate Commission. But again, uh, we still uh, don't have the significant measures to really uh, reduce emissions any time soon uh, because uh, um, politically it's, it's clear it's too difficult. Now, uh, let's look at what's not in the plan. So I've said what's in, and, and you may be wondering, hang on a minute, weren't they talking about a congestion charge and wasn't there going to be a ban on uh, internal combustion engines? Well, no, that's not in the plan. <laughs> so what we learned today is that there will be no ban on imports of petrol and diesel cars by 2035, as was recommended by the Climate Commission. And remember, the likes of Boris Johnson's government in Britain and every European government and a whole bunch of others are looking to stop or ban imports of uh, petrol and diesel cars by a certain date. We've just we've decided not to do that. Also, um, a suggestion that no no more connections be made to the domestic gas network from 2025, that is gone as well, uh, because uh, of a pretty effective lobbying campaign from the gas industry, and the government's decision not to you know uh, stop the gas supplies for people's barbecues even though most people use barbecues with gas bottles, which aren't part of the domestic gas network, uh, as, as formerly. Uh, there are no congestion charge decisions, just a vague announcement about uh, some funding for um, some consultation and from for some project design, but the hard decisions have been put off for at least another two and a half years until well after the election. And uh, no new announcement of the extension of the half-price bus, train and ferry fares, which have been very successful in significantly increasing usage, uh, particularly in Auckland. Uh, and that may well come in the budget on Thursday, but um, no announcement there either. No real extra funding in the next four years for larger subsidies for public transport, so that money is going to have to come from somewhere else, and certainly the likes of Fonterra is getting more money to replace its boilers than the councils are to help um, cut fares or increase services. In fact, when you look at the money that's being provided to help councils move away from diesel-powered buses, we're still going to have councils be buying diesel-powered buses for another three years. And uh, we're not going to phase out the uh, diesel buses until 2037. 
and uh, just just on uh, $20 million or so is um, contributed to help, um, in fact, just $12 million to help councils pay for electric bus uh, purchases. And uh, when you also look at uh, what's happening with TY Point, um, this is a significant little bit of news that the government's not including the forecasts for the closure of TY Point from 2024 and its forecasts, which the Climate Commission um, made a big deal of, that the closure of TY Point would open up all of the Manapuri power and help reduce wholesale electricity prices by 30%, and it was a major component in its forecasts for the achievement of the zero-carbon uh, plan. Um, however, TY Point, um, according to the Minister, has been zeroed out of the plan because it looks like it's going to continue running, in part because it's so freaking profitable for uh, Rio Tinto to use that renewable energy, sell it as green aluminium when aluminium prices are very high. And of course the New Zealand dollar down near 62, 63 cents. They are making money hand over fist, which is great news for the workers at TY Point. But for those hoping to get their hands on some of that renewable and very cheap electricity that's being generated at Manapuri, that's not great news. It is great news, though, for shareholders and the power companies who, of course, will continue to get their juicy dividends because the price of power won't drop. So um, just to summarise here in terms of uh, what I think was important out of um, today's emissions reduction plan, in essence, the government is underspending on the money it could have from the fiscally neutral fund it already has, which is now a little bit bigger, the agriculture sector, which contributed virtually nothing to the emissions trading scheme, is getting a third of the money back from that emissions trading scheme. Poor families who may have hoped for some help to buy electric and hybrid cars are getting $32 million out of that $2.9 billion over the next two years in a uh, clunkers for um, hybrid and electric car scheme for only 2,500 cars out of a vehicle fleet of 4.5 million. And all of these various measures announced today will reduce the size of the car fleet by a grand total of 181,800 by 2035, out of a total car fleet of 4.5 million. So very little reduction in the use of petrol and diesel cars from what we have at the moment. Um, we're not going to see diesel buses phased out until 2037. We're not seeing any commitment to really shift uh, roads and motorways to cycling, walking and buses. Well, certainly no money from the government to help councils to do it. And the government's actually decided to pocket, for now, about $1.5 to $1.6 billion worth of emissions trading scheme revenue in part to help it reduce debt. The big picture, of course, here is that the government's battling with higher inflation and accusations from the opposition that it is, quote, addicted to spending, unquote, and that's helping to push up inflation. So the government's already ruled out increasing its infrastructure spending in the budget coming up on Thursday and has obviously chosen to keep some of its climate money powder dry uh, um, to reduce some of this um, political pain uh, that's coming from the cost of living crisis. And in particular, it hasn't touched the 
potentially explosive areas around congestion charging in Auckland or a ban on petrol and diesel powered imports from 2035. So in my view, today's uh, climate um, emissions reduction plan was tame and uh, politically and financially weak. So I wanted to also uh, bring in some of the comments from Grant Robertson and Megan Woods from the lockup press conference that I attended uh, to, in particular, uh, see their response to the challenge about whether the emissions reduction plan today was actually going to achieve the targets set by the Climate Commission. So here's Grant Robertson. Climate change has got to be a priority in every government's budget as we seek to mitigate the damage and make the adaptations to deal with our, this environmental crisis. It also needs to be central to every budget because it's where the opportunity exists to create a higher wage, low emissions economy and provide economic security and reduce inequality. Climate change is especially a priority in Budget 2022 because Budget 2022 aligns with two huge developments, the Government's first emissions reductions plan and the first year of the Climate Emergency Response Fund. Our first emissions reductions plan demonstrates the significant and complex changes we will have to make through the transition and the degree of investment that will be required to support them. This investment will span over a number of years through the Climate Emergency Response Fund and it is important to note that not every initiative in the ERP is funded through this year's allocation from that fund. It does however represent a substantial start and we have front-loaded investments but there will need to be continued investments in order to meet our plans. In last year's budget, I indicated that we would, from this year, recycle all of the funding from the emissions trading scheme to climate change initiatives, and in particular in Budget 2022, to emissions reductions initiatives. The Climate Change Emergency Response Fund is an enduring multi-year fund. It will be the vehicle through which the Government will fund the ERP and meet our targets, and it provides transparency and certainty around how New Zealand's investments around climate change will be funded. It also means that the core funding of our climate response is being met by those who are paying for their pollution and not by adding to debt or from other revenue sources. The Climate Emergency Response Fund was set up initially with a $4.5 billion down payment through the recycling of forecast revenue from the ETS from 2022-23 to 2025-26. Treasury's assessment is that there is an additional $800 million of ETS revenues that can be added. Once we have taken into account expenditure in this budget and previously announced international contributions, there is $1.5 billion left in the fund. At the half-year economic and fiscal update, another year of funding for 2026-27 will be incorporated into the fund. At that time, we will also review the level of the CERF to ensure it is sustainable and has sufficient funding to be able to meet the Government's climate change objectives. The SURF package for Budget 2022 totals $2.9 billion of new investments and as I've said we've already previously announced $840 million as funding for our international climate finance commitments. This investment will set the foundations for us to reduce emissions and take a meaningful first step forward toward meeting our emissions budgets. 
It will help seize the opportunities of transitioning to a low emissions economy and ensure that our exports and our industries are changing in line with the expectation of global consumers. It will also help us to improve New Zealanders economic security and insulate our economy from the effects of future shocks such as the international energy crisis that we are currently experiencing. Transport has been a focus for the SURF initiatives in Budget 2022. Two of the key initiatives are focused on making it easier to access low emission transport alternatives. A scrap and replace scheme will provide funding support to families who scrap a vehicle allowing them to shift to a low emission alternative. This is a significant initiative that will help make hybrid and electric vehicles a viable and affordable option for low income households. Funding has been provided to run an accelerated pilot of the scheme and then roll it out around New Zealand. The government's also piloting a social leasing scheme targeted at low-income New Zealanders and giving them access to electric vehicles that they might not otherwise have been able to get. There will also be significant investment to encourage the uptake of active and shared transport modes and reduce reliance on cars. And this will happen alongside updates to urban plans to reduce vehicle kilometres travelled and make our cities more liveable and safer for cyclists and pedestrians. And this, of course, builds upon other investments being made through the National Land Transport Fund and the New Zealand Upgrade Programme. Agricultural emissions are a key focus of the ERP and of SURF funding in Budget 2022. The centrepiece of this is the funding of a new Centre for Climate Action on Agricultural Emissions, which is part of a $339 million investment. The centre will accelerate research capability, extend our ability to measure emissions and streamline the path to market for new innovations. <laughs> no, what we wanted was a plan that um, we knew we could implement that was managed over a period of time. We've already made significant, I just want to take um, ICE vehicles, we've, we've made a significant start and progress on that and, and we're confident that we're going to get ourselves to a fleet that is truly sustainable. So no, it's much more about uh, making a plan that, that New Zealanders buy into, uh, that they can see the place for themselves and that gives them the sense of economic security and opportunity. Did you want to add to that though, Minister? In terms of the gas connections, what we saw was in the Interim Climate Commission's report, uh, there was a recommendation around a ban on new um, gas connections. This had softened as a recommendation by the time the final report of the Climate Commission came out, and we certainly um, have talked to a number of people and have listened that actually what we need to see is fold that work into the, the, gas, tra- the gas transition plan, that there can be a future for that infrastructure using renewable gases. The infrastructure will be valuable if we, do, if we do make that transition to those renewable gases. It's more the fact that it's transporting fossil gases at the moment that is the problem. So we've um, said to the industry we want to work with you to see what the plan in terms of transitioning that to being part of our renewable energy. So that's uh, Megan Woods there talking about the um, decision not to ban new connections to the domestic gas network. Later on in the news conference, I got a chance to ask Grant Robertson a question about why most of the spending has been backloaded towards the second part of the four-year cycle and why the government has decided not to spend right now all of the $4.5 billion at least that it has in that Climate Emergency Response Fund. 
We can, and that's because we're not starting from zero here. We've made significant investments over recent budgets in helping us to reduce our emissions. Minister Wood's just been discussing the investments that are part of both the National Land Transport Fund, New Zealand Upgrade Programme and elsewhere, where we're supporting greater use of public transport, more mode shift. We've invested billions of dollars in rail. Uh, so we're not starting from zero. What you've got here is a package of initiatives that we can calculate, make a significant contribution to us meeting the emissions budgets that we have. A lot of these are longer term projects, but that's because these are longer term and complex areas that we have to get on top of. They are about making sure that we provide for more opportunity, more economic security for New Zealanders. And so we're confident that the plans we're announcing today meet the budgets and we will invest in this budget and the next budget and every budget after that to make sure that we meet the goals that we've got. But we're not starting from zero. And how much of the I'll leave that to Minister Shaw. So there we have it. Uh, Grant Robertson, the Deputy Prime Minister, the Infrastructure Minister and the Finance Minister talking about uh, why the government has decided not to spend all the money it could now and why it is delaying spending the $2.9 billion it announced today into the second half of the four-year period. So, in summary, uh, I think that today's announcement is the response of a government that's more focused on winning the election next September, October, November than it is on dealing with a climate emergency, even though it has declared a climate emergency. It is spending less than it could and is spending uh, most of the money uh, away from the areas such as transport, and uh, agriculture uh, where the most benefits can be made. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was The Kaka, my podcast on the daily email newsletter and podcast I do via Substack. Ka kite anō. And thank you as well to all the paid subscribers who are supporting the work I do covering public interest journalism on housing unaffordability, climate change in action, which we saw again today, and child poverty reduction.